Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Tumte. Hump day. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Punick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. Produced on TV 10 by our intern, Gerald Wright. As it was sectional girls basketball last night here in the EPAC. And uh, uh, the game we had for you was a pretty clear blowout. Uh, that was Martinsburg upending Hedgesville uh, by a wide margin, 59-13. to 13. Uh, Colin, it was really it was two to two, and then that ten point burst, ten uh, nothing run for the Martinsburg Lady Bulldogs, kind of was really what pushed them. Yeah, and that's what you expected going into last evening's uh, game. Just the way that both teams have been trending, Martinsburg has really turned themselves around as a program this year. And for Mart, or excuse me, for Hedgesville, it's uh, Matt Fairclaw's first year as the head coach and a team that had a majority of their players for the first time ever playing basketball at any level. So uh, the fact that you take those into account shows that it's going to be a 59-13 game. You don't like seeing it. You want more competitive games, but the defensive pressure that Martinsburg uh, was able to have and then just the lack of offense for uh, Hedgesville. I mean, you, you go out and you have seven points in the first quarter, and then proceed to have two points in each quarter after that. And you, you can't win ball games like that. Hopefully, the growth is uh, there throughout the off season for Hedgesville, so that it's a more competitive year next year for them. But last night went as expected. I think I would like to take some time and give some credit. First of all, though, to Coach Fitzpatrick. I think you have to credit him for what he's done with this team, uh, because even though obviously. You know, this Martinsburg team would beat Hedgesville no matter what, probably, in, in this year where this Hedgesville team is made up of players that, you know, this is their first year playing basketball for, for some of them, um, and they just aren't that experienced and, um, you know, new coach and everything. You've seen so much progress in the Martinsburg team and, and how they play compared to how they were playing last season. And a lot of it is some new players, but I think – They've improved a lot on their shooting, their defense, their uh, toughness, and just, I think, maybe approach to the game is just better this year for Martinsburg. And, and I think Coach Fitzpatrick you know, deserves a lot of credit because, again, uh, while it was a Spring Mills team that was shorthanded, you know, Martinsburg was in that game last time, so maybe they can make it competitive again here in a sectional championship on Thursday. But I think he's done a really nice job. And Martinsburg's that team where if they're able to, you know, get it clicking and get a favorable matchup for a regional championship game now, we could see them in the state tournament, uh, which would be quite the turnaround from a win, one win season a year ago. So, uh, you know, he definitely deserves some credit there. And Coach Faircloth, I think, will get this team um, in the right place down the line. I think one thing that I always appreciate about Coach Faircloth 
uh, and we've seen this in both football and girls basketball, is he never stops coaching. No matter what the score, no matter how the game is, he keeps his intensity, he keeps his uh, coaching mindset throughout the game. You'll see him take timeouts, and people will be like, well, why is he taking a timeout here? The game's a 20-point game. It's well because he wants to work on things. He's seeing something that he thinks they can improve on during the game. Or he'll yell at an official about a call. And it's like, well, he still cares. I think that's what really has always stood out to me. So I think both those coaches are doing a good job with their teams. Uh, Coach Fitzpatrick's team has a little bit more talent and a little bit more experience. So that's allowed them to be more successful. But I think Hedgesville will get there down the line. And uh, I think both those coaches are going to do good things with their programs. After the game, Dylan Bishop, our own Dylan Bishop, caught up with head coach for the Martinsburg Lady Bulldogs, uh, Coach Fitzpatrick, and here's the interview. All right, Coach, big win for your team tonight. Start off the sectionals, only gave up 13 points on the night. What did you like from your team in this victory? Well, we started off slow. Um, our defense wasn't the way that I expected it to be at the beginning, but we settled in. Um, the girls have fought all year, and they deserve to win this game, so I'm excited about it. And that's starting off right. With the sectionals, you get yourself a playoff win on your home court. What does that mean for you and your team? It means a lot. Um, you know, th- this year we set some goals at the beginning, and one of them was having an opportunity to win a sectional championship. So we still have everything all in front of us. The opportunity presents itself on Thursday, so we'll see what we can do. And that Thursday you're looking at Spring Mills. How are you going to get yourself prepared for that game, get your team prepared for that game coming up on Thursday? Well, Coach Goss is going to have them ready to go. They're 18-0, 19-0, whatever it is at this point. It, it, it's, we, it sh- we shouldn't have anything to get us ready. We should know what, what's in front of us and come out and play hard. All right, Coach, congrats on the win. Thank you very much. That was head coach Ronnie Fitzpatrick of the Martinsburg Lady Bulldogs. They're on to the sectional championship tomorrow night. We'll have that for you on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube, 6.30 pregame, 7 p.m. tip-off as number two Martinsburg from Section 1 travels to number one in Section 1 Spring Mills. Uh, we'll talk more about that matchup tomorrow, obviously. Uh, but let's move on to the Section 2 semifinal last night, which there's a scoring disparity. We, we've seen 50-42 uh, to 42 and 50-41, to 41, but it was a victory for the Jefferson Lady Cougars over the Musselman Lady Appleman. And what a night for Mackenzie Brezovic. 26 points to lead the way for the Cougars. Yeah, she's a very talented player. Uh, we talked about yesterday how... Mary Rivera might be the best player in Section 2, but Mackenzie Brezovic is not far behind, uh, especially when she gets it going like she did last night. And um, a player that can do a lot of different things, whether it be scoring like she did last night with the 26 points or it be uh, her ability to rebound because she's a pretty tall guard um, and her ability to run the floor and create for others. Uh, Brezovic's a, a very versatile player, and she can do a lot of different things, and she – Obviously, you know, we said yesterday too, and I think this was the difference for me personally why I didn't think Musselman would win last night. Um, You know, the star players show up in the postseason in all levels of basketball if you want to win. And I didn't feel like Musselman had enough firepower. They've played tough, but they don't really have that, like, superstar type player in the EPAC where uh, you have somebody to rely on when you need a, a basket down the stretch. They just don't have that yet but Musselman has played a good season you know they really they battled all year and they were a tough team and they didn't go down without a fight last night because I think they were down 17 late in that fourth quarter cut the lead down to eight there at the end 
uh, not a bad way to lose considering the circumstances. But Jefferson has that. They have Brezovic, and they have a couple other players that at times can play at a really high level in Jasmine Taylor and Olivia Hedrick. But you know, can they get that consistency? Can, can they stay out of foul trouble is a big thing for Jefferson. And now we get a very intriguing sectional championship game which matters more than the Martinsburg Spring Mills sectional because we pretty much know that Spring Mills is going to win. And but who's going even to if they were to advantage. lose, they're probably going to win in their regional game if they somehow were upset by Martinsburg. But if Martinsburg falls, they already kind of expected that. But whoever wins Jefferson-Washington obviously gets to avoid Spring Mills, which is what every team is trying to do right now for a regional championship. So really the team in the best situation – out of those three is Martinsburg because they play Spring Mills and you know best case scenario you somehow upset Spring Mills and then you get the loser of that game but worst case scenario you still get a team that you already beat this season for a regional championship and one game to go to states I think that's a great position to be in if you're Jefferson or Washington the pressure's on now for the sectional title because if you lose it's going to be very tough to get past Spring Mills. Yeah, it basically comes down to second chances. For Martinsburg, they know ultimately that Spring Mills is just a whole nother level. So even though you don't want to go into a game, obviously, expecting that you're going to lose, we can make the safe bet that that's what's going to happen, but they get the second chance. On the other side, as you just said, Jefferson, Washington, you don't really have a second chance because if you lose – you're going to play Spring Mills, and nobody has come close to beating them in this area at all in general Martin's this year. had the best chance, so. And that was without Spring Mills' best yeah. player in the game. Mm-hmm. And she's healthy now in Regan Ensel. So. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, Nick, you mentioned it. I think that uh, the big thing will be tomorrow night in Section 2, who's going to get the home court advantage for the regional title game. Uh, that'll be next Wednesday, I believe. Um but uh, that's kind of the, the situation when it comes to uh, the bigger matchups tomorrow. I mean, we'll have Martinsburg at um, Spring Mills, but I think that we're all going to be – all eyes are going to be on that Washington-Jefferson game. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge game, and I think the two teams know it. And it's an interesting matchup because Jefferson has more height than a team like Washington does, but Washington arguably has better shooting. So. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a good matchup, um, and it it will it'll probably be a really good game. So, looking forward to it. But I think Martinsburg still could give Spring Mills another fight, even with Reagan Ensel being out there. Martinsburg's proven to be, you know, a tough team, and uh, they do have that confidence of doing some good things against Spring Mills as other players last time out, and had that game, you know, won. I think at one point, or at least had it in control, I should say. Not one, because obviously you play four quarters, but they were in control for a good bit. Uh, they were playing good basketball. If you can come out with that same intensity, you never know what could happen. Yeah, you never, never know what can happen, but we'll have more coverage of the sectional girls basketball championships tomorrow. We'll preview both of them more in depth. Uh, but let's talk some boys hoops here. One boys game last night in the EPAC, and that was – uh, Musselman, they traveled up to university. They fell 62-40, to 40, uh, but uh, obviously it was a tough university team, a university team that's pretty darn good. Um, it was a 22-point loss last night, though, compared to the first game where it was just a 10-point loss for the Appleman. 
Yeah, I think uh, Musselman is definitely running into a situation where they're playing some good teams uh, in these last two games, and maybe they've lost a little bit of their magic, but I still think they're in a solid position uh, because they do have those upset wins over Hedgesville and Spring Mills, uh, which gives you the confidence if you were to face them in a regional championship game that you can get it done. But like I said uh, before, I don't think you can just presume that Musselman's going to beat Washington again because Washington played them tough both times. I know that they didn't have Shelton and they didn't have McLean last time, but even in the game before that, it was only a 10-point game. So, I mean, Washington does a few things better and maybe they pull off an upset over Musselman. So, uh, for the Appleman, they really got to refocus here and, and make sure they take care of business against Washington before you start worrying about the potential matchup against Hedgesville or Spring Mills or even Martinsburg if they were to pull off a big upset yeah you mentioned that so the first game was a win for Musselman over Washington 56 45 then the second game was a 56 52 victory so uh very tight ball games there that will be the section two semi-final coming up next week in boys hoops Musselman has one more game on the regular season they'll be at one and 20 Preston tonight so it looks like an easy victory for the Appleman coming up tonight they'll finish out their regular season and then also tonight in regular season action for boys hoops it'll be an EPAC matchup Jefferson and uh, Hedgesville will do battle tonight that should be an intriguing one uh, it'd be interesting to see how things go I mean everything's already seated so it, it's pretty late EPAC game yeah but as we know Jefferson will want to send that statement again that we talked about last week but and it's a Hedgesville's Hedgesville's the only team to beat them this exactly. Jefferson wants to win that game, so then there's no doubts about who's the best team in the EPAC heading into the the tournament. I think you, if you win, and you don't just want to win, you want to win by 20-plus tonight if you're Jefferson. Yeah, because you don't want to give Hedgesville hope in case there's a third meeting. Right? Yeah. If Hedgesville is able to beat them a second time, and they do face each other a third time, there's a full hope. They have nothing to lose. They, they're they the ones that believe they can get it done. And then on the other side, it's Jefferson with all the doubt, even though probably the better team. Yeah, so but if Jefferson wins and they win by 20, yeah, that doubt's all on Hedgesville's side, and they will have to try to avoid facing Jefferson a third time and not the other way around. So even though it's a meaningless game in the standings, it still has pretty big implications mentally for these teams. Colin, you'll try to keep an eye on that tonight. Yes, I will. Uh, well, you'll be back here in the studio. Coach Faircloth, maybe... if you're tuning in, I'll say thank you right now if you send me score updates. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, two Local college players get drafted, one really local from Shepard, one from West Virginia in the USFL draft. We'll talk about that, plus preview Shepard hoops on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We're close to an exit sign. You'll hear us when we cross the county line. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. 
Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti. When you need justice. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. We're produced on the TV 10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright. As uh, we talk, uh, some players getting drafted here uh, from West College football teams here in the USFL draft, the first annual college and or USFL college draft. And it was uh, first pick between these two players. Uh, in the third round, 18th overall, Shepard All-American offensive lineman Joey Fisher gets drafted by the USFL Gamblers from Houston uh, in that third round yesterday. Uh, there are eight teams that will play in four locations this spring for the USFL. Uh, but for Joey, obviously it's a big feat. He, though, is still eligible for the NFL draft and uh, will make his decision on what he will do after the NFL draft at the end of April uh, but uh, it's still cool to hear your name called or see your name called in, in a draft and knowing that he's at least got a place to play if the NFL doesn't work out. Yeah, and we were looking at potential USFL like salary and everything, and it would be you know a pretty solid gig if Joey Fisher ended up working in, or playing in the USFL. So, I mean, for him, you'd get to live out your dream, make pretty good money, and uh, continue to play football and have a chance at the NFL. I think that would be – you know a fine situation and i initially my thoughts that were on this were third round you know that seems kind of late for a guy that's been piped up as a potential late round draft pick in the nfl but then i remembered of course there's only eight teams in the usfl so third round really is you know first round in the nfl and then i also thought potentially uh the reason why he might have slipped a little bit was that uh but he was only the 18th pick so i don't know if this really matters too much but i was thinking maybe it was because uh you know the teams in the usfl believe he will be 
an NFL draft pick, so they don't want to use a high pick on a guy that's going to be that may not play in the league. I think I think that's possible, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. And I think to have options is also a good thing for Joey Fisher. So, you know, congratulations to him. It was also interesting they listed him as a guard, which yeah. we know that uh, he, played he played tackle. Yeah, he played tackle in college, but we also know that he's been trying to play whatever position whatever offensive line position that they need and he's taking reps at guard center and tackle throughout his workouts so that versatility is really going to help Joey Fisher and I think you look at some of his size and measurements he he looks a little bit more like an NFL guard than an NFL tackle uh which I think being able to play multiple positions though can really help you out if he does make it to the NFL because there's been several guys uh, that now have that like swing tackle role, yeah, where they can play pretty much position any position on the offensive line, and if you have an injury to your right or left tackle, you can throw that guy in. And it, it's a very serviceable role in the league. Patrick McCarry for the Ravens, he came into the league as a center. He's now their backup swing tackle. And he also plays guard if they need it. He's like the first lineman off the bench if they have an injury, which, which is be. smart. You want to be versatile. Yeah, so if you, you can do that and be that guy, cost. and Joey Fisher appears to have the skill set to do that, I think gives him some NFL appeal. And like I said, Macari is just the guy that I think of. You know, he was undrafted, so mm-hmm. there's still you know a great chance for Joey Fisher even if he doesn't get drafted. Yeah, in the and NFL. To, to, to add to that appeal. He gets to go play in Houston, potentially, if the NFL does not come calling in a few months uh, and he's playing for the Gamblers. I mean, Houston's a NFL town. It has the Houston Texans, a team that maybe is looking for a line after a pretty poor season overall, uh, one of the worst in the NFL. So you can shine and still have time to be signed later on after the USFL season because you're playing in an area that, has NFL scouts and coaches there. Not only that, we've seen a Shepard player last year play in the USFL. DeJuan Neal, mm-hmm. he played for the New Jersey Generals. Then he got signed by the Commanders and then unfortunately didn't make the final cut. We talked about this yesterday, but now he's on the D.C. Defenders in the XFL. So, I mean, his football career is still going after playing one USFL season. So, even if Joey Fisher doesn't get drafted, say – and maybe he gets an undrafted free agent call, and he just he doesn't he doesn't like it. Maybe he thinks, oh well, if I have a spot here, let me prove myself in the USFL this one year and try to make a training camp this summer. Yeah, it's possible. We've seen Dewan Neal do it. Yeah, so. and many guys have done it. And uh, I that's think just too, a local for him being a Division two player. Now the level of competition is at least for the most part Division One guys that just couldn't make it to the NFL. So it's a step up from D two in terms of your competition, and you're going against you know other grown men. You know at times Joey Fisher may look like a man a man amongst boys out there because he is you know an NFL draft prospect, and a lot of the times the question with offensive linemen in particular is how will they handle bigger defensive linemen that they'd be going up against in the NFL compared to Division II college. Uh, there's been plenty of guys that have come from small school colleges as offensive linemen and have success in the league, but that's always the big question. Allie Marpet comes to mind as just the guy off the top of my head that played for the Bucks, uh, and you know he was a small – I think he might even be in a Division Three player – but he uh, had you know some success, made a Pro Bowl or one or two Pro Bowls, I believe. So uh, you know you can see guys that do that 
and make that transition. But that's always the big question with the offensive lineman is going up against more consistent 280 to 325 pound defensive linemen. Can you handle those guys as well as you handled the average 250 to 275 pound, you know, college D lineman at D2. So I think that's also a good opportunity for Joey because he'd be going up against, you know, actual grown men out there uh, that are built like him. And, uh, you know, guys that he would be going up against that would be professionals, I think would be a good opportunity to potentially show yourself for the NFL scouts that are still looking for guys down the line. Yeah, I do believe that is true. Also, another player from West Virginia, that being West Virginia University's Dante Stills. Uh, he has a uh, was also selected yesterday with the 44th overall pick in the sixth round by the New Orleans Breakers. He, though, also has NFL aspirations. He has been invited to the NFL scouting combine, so he is still going to go do that uh, later on this month in the next couple of days. Six days, right? Six days from now? 28th, 27th? He went to Collins' favorite high school, yep. Fairmont Senior. Yeah, Fairmont Senior. Yep, he's a polar bear. Um, also, pretty kind of interesting note here, uh, reading this from West Virginia Sports Now. Uh, Stills recently participated in the East-West Shrine game in late January and early February in Las Vegas. At the Shrine Bowl, Stills impressed NFL scouts, coaches and scouts, and even garnered interest from a WWE scout for his his athleticism and big personality. Mike Asty of West Virginia Sports Now had the WWE scout ask me about, quote, the guy from West Virginia who he always sees smiling and being so loud and told him that that's Dante Stills, but he thinks he has a shot at the NFL, and that's definitely his dream. But the WWE, if we know anything lately about the WWE, they're kind of giving out NIL deals to yeah. to football players that have, you know maybe hey hey come on, come to the WWE afterwards. You got a big personality, so maybe that could be in his future if the NFL or USFL's not. Roman Reigns played football at Georgia Tech. The Rock. I was going to go with the WVU route. There's the a guy right now the, the from year. WVU that's in the WWE. Who? He's partially Pat McAfee will go out there. I know he does a lot of other things too, but he'll go out sometimes. We've seen him wrestle. Not recently. He's more of the commentating yeah, side for that. But he was at WrestleMania a year ago. So we could see him fight again. Exactly. Uh, but he was say good. Fight and, uh, from what I understand, he's retired <laughs> from that. He's not in the sports commentary game. McAfee's kind of different, though, because he wasn't recruited by the WWE because of his athleticism. He was recruited because of his personality yes, and all the other stuff he's done since football. Um, but I think like Roman Reigns, The Rock, guys like Brock that. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was a wrestler and football player. You know, So they have that kind of more recent build uh, to make it. But... You know, Dante Stills, uh, I think the issue for him is maybe inconsistent numbers in college. Yes. But I think overall he has the size. Uh, we'll see how he tests at the combine. But a talented player, and uh, I think him going later in the USFL draft is maybe more so of what I was thinking with Joey. Like They think he might have a good shot at at least making a training camp and uh, – potentially making an NFL roster so it may not be worth the risk to take him higher in the draft at least based on what I kind of look at with Stills as an NFL prospect yeah I would tend to agree with Collins the WVU fan though so I want to get his take on this it's going to be tough I I like that he was drafted in the USFL because circulating amongst the WVU fan base is that Stills and Bryce Ford Wheaton most likely won't be 
drafted just because of the uh, lack of productivity from the team as a whole this year and the way that WVU struggled. It's not guys that you're really getting looks from unless you can really impress at a pro day potentially or a combine. But even then, you see guys here at Shepard locally that are really getting pushes compared to the guys at WVU right now where you don't really see their names circulating as much this year. So I think the USFL is probably the right move for Stills. It'd be great to see him get a chance in the NFL like his uh, brother did, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's always tough, I think, for or to, I guess, evaluate an NFL draft prospect from a fan perspective because we look at the numbers um, and we think, well, this guy you know, had good numbers in college. Why wouldn't he be an NFL player? But what they're more focused on at the NFL level is not only your production, but I think your, your size, speed, yes. and all those other things. Stills, to an extent, has the size, but his numbers weren't necessarily there, too. So, you know, we'll see about him. Uh, I think Bryce Ford weeding is intriguing, but there's so many other receivers that are ahead of him that makes it tough. Uh, I think he definitely has some intriguing elements to his game uh, being, you know, a taller receiver, pretty quick guy, uh, has a lot of the things you look for in an NFL type receiver, but again, there's so many other receivers and it's tough to gauge, you know, where does he fall in the draft? I was kind of surprised he didn't get drafted in the USFL, but yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting. That, that could have been a player that goes to the USFL. Didn't think about that as well. Uh, but how about right now we'll step aside for our 12.30 break segment sponsored in part by Arsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On their side of this break, we'll talk Shepherd men's and women's hoops. We'll have that action on TV10, WRNR TV tonight, plus some accolades for two players, one from women's and men's Shepherd hoops. Talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces. Not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. WV Medicine is pleased to announce the relocation of our Berkeley Medical Center Outpatient Rehabilitation Services to 1002 Tavern Road. This move gives Martinsburg Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation more room, more convenient parking, and a covered drive-up drop-off area. WV Medicine will continue to offer physical, occupational, and speech therapies for both adult and pediatric patients, as well as specialized services. For more info on this new location and services provided there, call 304-264-1214. 
The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. We'll have Shepard Hoops on TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, 5 p.m. will be the pregame 5.30 tip-off for women's versus Shippensburg. It's senior night for Kara Minor. And then on the men's side, that's a 7.30-ish tip for the men's team against Shippensburg. But uh, two uh, two athletes, one from women's, one from men's hoops, honored yesterday as part of the 2023 Academic All-District Men's and Women's Basketball Teams co- selected by College Sports Communicators. Um that being junior guard Madison Mertz out of North Hagerstown for the women's team and Carson Poffenberger out of Morgantown for the men's team. Uh, they, it recognizes the nation's top student-athletes for their combined performance on the court and in the classroom. The CSC Academic All-America program separate, separately recognizes basketball honorees in four divisions, D1, D2, D3, and NAIA. For each gender, Mert 0.0 GPA as a recreation and sports studies major. She's appeared in all 25 games this season with four starts. She averages 3.9 points, 2.4 rebounds per. Her 12 three-pointers are fifth on the team with her 75.9% uh, from the free throw or from the charity stripe. Ranks her fourth on the team. Her 19 steals rank third on the team. Part, uh, Poffenberger has a 4.0 GPA as well. He's a health Promotion and exercise science major. He started he started in all 26 games for the Rams. He averages about 8.5 points a game, 3.3 boards. His 31 three-pointers are fourth on the team. Shoots 82.5% from the charity stripe. He's among the team leaders in his 49.7 field goal percentage is second on the team. Congratulations to those two student-athletes. They're academic All-Americans. Yeah, definitely important to have both your academics and your uh, production on the court. Yeah, congrats to them. All right, women's hoops tonight takes uh, the start tonight at 5.30. It'll be Kara Miner's senior day. She still does, I believe, have a decision to make if she's going to come back for her final year of eligibility, but it's against 21-5 and Shippensburg. It's going to be a tough task as they already beat Shepard 92-52 to earlier this season, about a month ago. Yeah, I think the key for Shepard is how do they improve from the last loss to Shippensburg and kind of similar to the Westchester game where you had a, I believe it was a 94-47 loss the first time, and then the second time you held Westchester under 70 points. Um, so you made some improvement. Can you do that again against Shippensburg, who's a very tough team, um, has the leading scorer in the conference, the leading scorer in the nation on their team. So uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough matchup for Shepard, obviously, and they're probably not going to get a win, but how do you, uh, I guess, 
show your improvement from the beginning of the year to now is really the key, I think, for the Shepherd women. Yeah, if you're able to try and neutralize Ariel Jones, uh, you can compete. But just the way she's been scoring this year, averaging over 24.5 points per game at 24.6, she's tough to stop. And this team uh, doesn't really have anybody yet on the roster that can probably stop Ariel Jones. So it's going to be a tough night for uh, Shepard. You still get to honor a senior in Kara Minor, so that'll be uh, positive. But a- after that, it's going to be tough to it's find some positives. That Shepard might have already done it senior night because I know they did. For nope, men. for women's is tonight. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if they had just decided to do it both nope. on that date that they did for the men. I'm fairly certain it is still tonight. Uh, but now moving to the men's side, they'll take on 17 and nine Shippensburg in this 13 and 13 team. For the Rams, 10-10 and 10 in conference. Really needs a win. They've now lost two straight and uh, four of their last six games. Yeah, I mean, a win and you're in. We've talked about it for like a week or two now that Shepard needs a win and they're into the PSAC tournament with a loss. They risk potentially not making it if they were to lose to Kutztown on Saturday and Kutztown were to win in their next game uh, against Bloomsburg. So... The pressure's on for the Shepherd men. They need to find a way to get this one done. I think it's as simple as that, really. This team needs to find a way to win here tonight, as tough as it's been, because we know John Preston, the senior, uh, he missed the last game, so is he going to be able to play tonight? And then if he can't go, you got to find ways to replace his production. It seems like, though, when we are in attendance, the Shepherd's men's team has played a little bit better. Like for the most part, I mean, they nearly they knocked off East Strasburg. They had a good win last time against Mansfield. They should have won the game against Lockhaven. I was about to say that's the only one that they yeah so didn't. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe they just need us to be there for them to play well. well hopefully that's the case win. because I agree they need this win. They are in collapse mode right now, and it's a disaster to watch. And you just got to win one. You need the win if you want to be playing postseason basketball and wanting to be a dark horse that we still they can be in the PSAC tournament they have the talent they just for some reason get in their own way and collapse it goes up and down we see them a few games above 500 a few games below now they're exactly at 500 and if you go out and you lose these final two games changes need to be made yeah I would tend to agree with that Colin uh, but Kutztown breathing down their neck here in the standings. Kutztown's got an easy one tonight facing one and Not 20. easy because their only win was against Kutztown. That's true, but still. So if you already mm-hmm. lost to them once, you could lose to them again tonight. One in 23 should be an easy one. But. Should be, but their only win was against the Golden Bears. Yeah. So Bloomsburg figured it out once. Why can't they do it again? So we say there's six teams that make the tournament from each division east? gets yeah. six teams. Yes. So that's the only spot not locked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Shepard refuses. Well, not refuses to win, but <laughs> call can't call win. It, call it, call it. All right. Uh, I mean, you had a four game blanket, and now you've dropped two straight. It's ridiculous. Yes, it is. They're yeah. playing terribly. Cutstown's hot. Honestly, right now, looking at it from a neutral perspective. Cutstown deserves to be in because they're the ones that are hot right now, and Shepard's not. Yeah. Uh, some other games going around college hoops tonight. Uh, Marshall down in JMU territory. Harrisonburg 
Should be an intriguing matchup. The what is it, Nick? Twenty-three and six Thundering Herd looking to lock up second place or first place in their first season in the Sun Belt. Yeah, very good year for uh, the Marshall resurgent team. year, and they needed that because yeah, last year was not a good year in CUSA. So, um, did you know they have two of the top scoring combos in the nation? Tavion Kinsey, Andrew Taylor. They top the scoring combining your two top scores. So right. that's pretty that big. Sense. Didn't they have that the last time they made March and got their butts whooped? I mean, they didn't get their butts whooped. They upset Wichita State, which was a Then good they win. got their butts whooped? Yeah, by WVU, but that's all right. Yeah. They made progress. You can only beat the teams on your schedule. <laughs> but uh, other big game score. tonight between uh, top 25 teams. Uh, number WVU 20. Uh, going to make the tournament? Sure. Yes. Sure about that? Yes. Losing the first round of the Big 12 tournament? Probably. Yeah. Actually, no. Nah. First round of the tournament, they'll win because they do a uh, system where I think the bottom four play each other and then have to go play the one or the two. So they should win that and then probably go lose to Kansas. All right. Well, other college basketball. I'm trying to remember the last tonight. time WVU won yeah. the Big 12, and it's just not in my head right now. Trying to remember the last time Marshall won. I mean, they they win their conference, which is you know competing, and then they go out and lose to a team that well, didn't I mean, win the we're conference. Trying, are we trying to compare? Like, like think about Apples this and I mean, why why does the conference championship matter? It matters because it means that you're winning at your level of play, right? So we don't say it's all the level of play. It's all division one because They're WVU not would beat Shepherd. We don't say well, Shepherd's accomplishments don't matter when they win the PSAC. <laughs> That's the, a Division Two level. This I mean, it's the same that, 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 thing that is to an not extent the same. because you're if you're comparing a, BS a, argument a Power right Five team or that, that a major is a program BS argument. that has way more money and scholarships and all that stuff to get the type of players. So then maybe Marshall to should go D two where they belong. No, they are in D one, but there's different but levels it, to D one. There's a major level and a mid major level, so you can't compare the two. But so Marshall's from mid. A, perspective of which school has had more success at their level as of recent it's marshall marshall's had the more success at the mid-major level than shepherds or that wvu's had at the major level why can't they get to the next level then because they're a small school they only have ten thousand students so does duke okay but duke's different because duke has money money and they have the marshall's getting money from people of being governor they're starting to get better maybe so that's the argument to be made here, Colin. WVU cannot compete at their level. Marshall can. All right. They don't, though. But WVU doesn't either. They haven't won their conference since joining it. Think about that. They've, They've just come been close. Mid. They've been in the championship. Okay. They haven't won. Winning's the only thing that matters, right? Yeah. But winning a national championship. Well, neither school has done that. Exactly. Right? Marshall did. They won two in football. They level. won one in soccer. Exactly. And, and Different I, level. They did live win in soccer, so there you go. I think they beat West Virginia that year. They did. No, WVU. No, they actually lost to WVU yeah. that year. Yeah. So yeah, but they're now in the conference. So. But the only thing that matters is winning the Natty. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But neither school is going to win a national championship in basketball or football. So really, they're relevant in both. D2, maybe they have a better chance at winning. Yeah, but so should both teams should that. be relegated to Division Two. Ooh, relegation. Let's get into that. Let's do it. Like All it. right. That will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They become number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. 
On the other side of this break, uh, the Commanders are slated to franchise tag a player. Uh, The Ravens probably won't pay a player or franchise tag him. And uh, Capitals lose again, and then they hopefully get somebody back. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 when we wrap things up. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Catch the excitement of high school basketball on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10, featuring the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference. Barclay's got the steal all by himself. He'll go up for the two-handed slam dunk. All six EPAC schools' regular season and postseason live here. Now for the Clark from three, and that's through the Clay Clark nails it. To start the fourth quarter for Musselman, Slick now driving oh, the right God. side, and it is rejected. Your home for local sports is right here on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Hi, Kresha Hornby here. Larry DeMarco, broker of Modern Realty Results, believes he has some of the best real estate agents in the Eastern Panhandle. Agents at Modern Realty Results have years of experience and knowledge of the local real estate market. Agents within the office work as a team to provide quality customer service. We strive to always ensure client satisfaction through handling every transaction with honesty and integrity, all while offering competitive rates. Modern Realty Results is veteran-owned and managed. Please call us at 262-4222, modernrealtyresults.com. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. All right, settle down. We're back. Getting riled up over there during the break. You guys are trying to make BS arguments over here. I mean, I think it's a fair argument, actually. It's not. Because you're just putting out excuses. Look, WVU can't win its conference. I don't see what the big deal is. That's actually fast statement. I mean, that's true. It's a factual statement. How do we know that Marshall's going to win the conference this year? They're not You're necessarily, as if they but they have, have. They have not won a conference the that they've the been conference. in in the last 10 years. WVU hasn't. They haven't even won their conference that they've been in since they left the Big East. Even when, I don't know the last time they won the Big East in basketball. Probably did win it more they recently. Did. But still, Big East is relevant now, right? Yeah, it's a solid conference. Solid. It never really fell off for basketball, I feel like. All right, guys. kind of did. They lost some of their big teams. All right. They did, but it still never fell off when it came to basketball. You still had teams like Villanova that was going out there and making That's it. That's true, yeah. Never won an Addy. UConn? No, because UConn left for a bit, but now they're back. All right, guys. Segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and the Prize Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue. Call 304-263-4343. 
to uh, see John Everson and Phil McQuaid, the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Uh, the uh, yesterday was the start date that you can start putting franchise tags on. It was announced, or it was kind of news came out last night via Ben Standig of the Athletic covers the Commanders. They're expected to use their franchise tag on free agent to be defensive tackle Duran Payne. Two people with direct knowledge of the situation and told Standig Payne was. Named the Pro Bowl after a career-best 11.5 sacks and 64 combined tackles this last season. I think that's a good move for the Commanders. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, obviously they need to bring back Deron Payne, so uh, the franchise tag, whether it's as just to uh, hold over until they can get a long-term deal done or um, to you know just have him play it out on this year, we'll have to wait and see, but... Uh, if you don't think you can get it done in time. I think they have until March 6th, I believe, from yesterday until March 6th to place that tag. So we'll see if it gets done and if they then work out a long-term deal or what the case may be. I think that's the route they go. That's what, the at least right now, all signs are pointing to is that they'll franchise tag Deron Payne and then give him that money. And from there, uh, hopefully he has another great year so that he does get extended. He had a Great year this year, I believe. Uh, Spencer, you said this morning, uh, 11 and a half sacks, I think. That's what I just said. Okay. I thought you also said it this morning. I did, yeah. yes, but yeah. I also so. said it just now. Uh, but, yeah, it's an interesting move there. Do the Ravens franchise tag Lamar? Yes. I think they're going to have to. So they will probably franchise Lamar and then try to work out some sort of long-term deal. Uh, I think something gets done, but oh, – I mean, he might end up just playing out on the franchise tag. I don't know if he would risk that or not. I know that the new offense coordinator, Todd Munkin, Munkin excuse me, had his uh, press conference yesterday, and he said he wasn't worried about Lamar if he were to hold out. So I don't know exactly what he means by that. I guess that he thinks he would be fine to pick up the playbook and everything. Um, I think for Lamar Jackson, the – salary he would get on the franchise tag is probably the best he should get at this point because back-to-back seasons with injuries how much more money I think it's like 47 million dollars you get on the franchise tag how much more would you really be able to justify paying Lamar based on the two injuries that he's had the last two years not sure if there's much more money there now he could get the long-term security that he wants uh, which I don't know which is more important to him, the yearly salary or the long-term security or both. Uh, but it does seem to be you know, a tough situation. And I think Lamar needs an agent, and that seems to be part of the issue as well. So we'll see what happens that. But uh, I think he'll be in Baltimore next year. Just how will he be playing or what contract he'll be on is another story. Yeah. Well, the Capitals, they fell last night to the Red Wings 3-1. to one. Their losing streak is now at 5. They return to action tomorrow against the Ducks at home 7 p.m. contest and hopefully Ovechkin's back. He was the first player on ice for noon skate this afternoon and he as he returns from his uh, leave that he took to go be with his family after his father passed away in Russia. Uh, so hopefully he's back tomorrow. He's on the ice and he could score some goals and get the caps out of this losing streak. Yeah, the first time since 2014 that they've lost five straight in regulation. So uh, the collapse has not been fun. Uh, if it continues, I think you need to 
fire Peter Laviolette and uh, get a spark in this team maybe to make a playoff push because he has not done anything for this team. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll have Shepherd Hoops tonight, 5 p.m. pregame on TV10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Women's action at 5.30, men's action at 7.30. Both teams facing off against Schuppensburg. That'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For our intern, Gerald Wright, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, I'm Spencer Puy saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight and then tomorrow. Tomorrow.